0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times, socket Call. Joined today, not one, but two guests, both from the TV station, Taylor Begley, Sam Knox, Channel 12. We're recording this from uh, Gillette Stadium on a Wednesday afternoon, just to did some media availability. Guys, first of all, thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, pleasure. Pleasure to be on. I guess uh, we will dive into the topic de jour of the moment, the quarterback... I don't know if we want to really call it a controversy, mm. but Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. I guess the way to look at it, guys, is that Bailey has done his job in the sense that he's resurrected the season. Mm-hmm. He took over a team that was one in three. He mm-hmm. guided the, the Patriots the last two wins. Presumably, he starts Monday night against the Bears. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. But how would you assess the job that Bailey Zappi has done to date? Been great.
1: Yeah, I think he's Mm -hmm. done everything you've asked him to do. He's moved the ball. He's given them wins. He hasn't turned the ball over. Um, You know, I think it's still Mac Jones' job to lose. I think you still bring him back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think where it gets interesting is if he struggles, if he comes back and he struggles and particularly turns the ball over because we know at the beginning of the season he had some turnovers that were really cringeworthy. Uh, So if he's turning the ball over, he comes back, he struggles. I think then the questions, the Bailey fever, the Zappi fever, excuse me, starts to uh, start pumping back up here in New England.
2: Yeah. And I think that even if Mac does, you know, come back and take over, you can't take anything away from what Zappi has done. He has done everything. He's exceeded expectations. And and a couple of weeks ago when Mac did get hurt, it was like, uh uh-oh, it's Hoyer. No one even thought about Zappi. No one even thought about Zappi until it became Hundred percent, it had to be him. Yeah, and, and and the vibe around this team and the vibe around Foxborough changed dramatically because it was like, uh-oh, this is going downhill. To hmm, what do we have here? And it became optimistic, and everyone started to. Of course, when you're winning, things are going to be looking up. But with Bailey Zappi coming in and just doing his job and being a New England Patriot, and like Bill says, taking it day by day. It was, job. yeah, he, he's been, he's done everything that they've asked him to do, but I do agree that it is Mac Jones's job to lose and he's not just going to lose it that easily. Um, and Bailey Zappia hasn't played from behind yet. So it's something these last two mm-hmm. matchups have uh, other things have gone right for yeah. Bailey Zappia to succeed.
0: We saw a lot of talk during training camp about Matt Patricia, mm-hmm. Joe Judge, the play callers, and how maybe that translated to some of the struggles we saw mac jones particularly early in the season how much do those two deserve credit for maybe putting bailey zappy in a position to succeed at a time when we thought man this offense it's complicated are they ever going to get it bring back josh mcdaniels from the raiders how much of those two deserve credit for maybe helping bailey acclimate to being an nfl starting quarterback
1: i think they deserve credit for not making him do too much i feel like they've done a good job at managing him um especially just knowing what they have in him and being able to play to his strengths uh so that's still to be seen when mac jones comes back have they learned from what they've done with bailey zappi are they going to maybe add and subtract some things from the game plan when mac jones is back in there um which we assume is going to happen right Mm -hmm. i mean Stranger things have happened in New England under right. Bill Belichick. I mm-hmm. don't think that this is a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady 2.0 situation. I think <laughs> anyone who says that needs to slow their roll a little bit. Um, obviously, in that situation, we had what became the greatest of all time quarterback, and I don't think that that's what you have here. But again, you never know. Um, you never know the decisions that will be made. But again, I think you know those guys deserve the credit for for managing the situation that they're in.
2: Yeah, no news is good news. We haven't heard yeah. about the play callers in a long time right. now. Yes. Um, and when you haven't heard about them in New England, you're doing something right. Uh, haven't heard about that since week two or three. Mm-hmm. And after putting up uh, a lot of points in the past, you know, three weeks, putting up, you know, 20, 24 against the Packers, 29 against the Lions, 38 uh, against the Browns. Yeah, I think that they're doing a good job. And I think that they're also it, it's just like the players. They're still they were warming up to being an off- offensive play callers, you know, for Matt, Patricia, being a defensive guy all the time, you know, it, it takes time to adjust. And I think they've done a good job of that. And that, like I said, no news is good news. And uh, we haven't heard about, that was the big story coming into training camp. Big story coming into the season was
0: who's calling the plays and will it, will it be effective?
2: And It has been effective. One
0: storyline I think has been kind of underplayed is the running back situation. You see Damian Harris this past week. He left uh, I believe the Detroit game late with an injury. Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson is clearly the guy. But however they seem to have done well with working as a as a tandem to take one of them away and only have Ramondre Stevenson to the point where I think Kevin Harris was activated off the practice squad and elevated. Just is there a little concern there running back wise that Damian Harris is out for a period of time where you don't want to turn into a Le'Veon Bell situation. With Stevenson, where you just kind of burned him to the ground?
2: I I think it's, I think Ramondre is a guy that thrives on being RB1 and, and the guy. Um, it worked as a tandem, yes. But Ramondre Stevenson is a guy that's going to, when he gets his opportunities, he take, makes the most of them. We've seen that happen since he's been the guy. Mm-hmm. And if you're sick, and if you, if you have success, he's young, fresh legs. Yeah, I mean, keep giving him the ball, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not worried about him getting burnt out, um, mm-hmm. because when when and if Damien does come back, they'll use two, probably, but Ramondre's made his case of, I can be an elite running back in this league, and I can do it on my own.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, what you mentioned, Le'Veon Bell, and, and running into the ground, this isn't obviously their plan for the entire season, right? They want to get Damian Harris back. They want to get Ty Montgomery back. Mm -hmm. He was huge in the preseason and looked like exactly what the Patriots like to do at the running back position. He can be that kind of wide receiver, kind of that James White role a little bit. And I think that they eventually want to get to that. But we've obviously seen from Ramondre in the past two weeks when he's had to carry the load, he can do it and he can do it well. So I think that's a good spot for the Patriots. I think where the concern is, is if he gets injured. So we, you know, got to keep him healthy because if he goes down, that's where you're really kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place.
2: Yeah, that's a good
0: point about Ty Montgomery too. Absolutely. Defensively, it looks like this team has made strides over yeah. the past couple of weeks. However, it's against Detroit, yeah. it's against Cleveland. Matt, um, Matt Judon has been the second coming of Lawrence Taylor once again this season. However, when we saw him earlier this year against Baltimore, they struggled against uh, Tua in Miami they basically had their way some parts defensively where do you guys uh, see them kind of maybe growing and emerging are are there any areas of concern that you'd like to see them address for the trade deadline coming up
1: listen I think some of the struggles I mean obviously you know you have to look at the defense in part but the momentum of those games with Honestly, Mac turning the ball over and, and not just Mac, but there was, you know, an Aguilar turnover in that Ravens game. The turnovers that kills the momentum. The defense has to go back out there. They were right there in it with Baltimore before some of those turnovers. And Baltimore is a great team. A lot of defenses, a lot of really good defenses struggle to stop Lamar Jackson. He is like no other. So I think that this defense is hitting their stride. Again, obviously you know, Detroit came in as the number one offense that was only through the first four weeks. And maybe that was, you know, the, the peak of where they're going to be this season, but I still think that this defense is a good defense, regardless of the conversation. Would you say that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would be more concerned if they were giving up 15 to 17 against teams like Detroit and Cleveland, uh, you know, consistently, obviously they gave up 15 to to Cleveland, but that was just a Fantastic grab by Amari Cooper in the end zone. Talent's going to show in some shape or form. Uh, but, you know, yeah, no, I, this this is a legit defense. And the, the great thing about a, a good defense with talent mixed with Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is going to find a way to minimize or limit the other team's best asset. And we see it all the time. Nick Chubb really didn't get a chance to break free there. Uh, you know, we've seen it time and time again with different talent on each team. He's able to shut down, for the most part, the other team's best offensive asset. Mix that with how Matthew Doudon's playing, how Jack Jones is playing, how Kyle Duggar's playing. I mean, it, it's really just a, just a matter of can they stay healthy? Yeah. And they don't want to get in a rut against you know not in a rut, but facing these teams that aren't necessarily the best teams in the NFL. These past few weeks, uh, they don't want to really get you know not complacent, but um, in a lull here, and then all of a sudden you know, you got to, you got to play some of the better teams coming up here in, in the, you know, later part of the season. Yeah. And
1: I think against the better teams, it's more of, can the offense keep up less about, can the defense get stopped? I think it's going to come more to like, we see the way the NFL is now with some of these good teams, it's a shootout. So it's more so, okay, can the offense handle their part? Mm-hmm. Um, not so much. Can the defense, you know, hold up, up their end of the bargain?
2: Yeah, they're legit. I,
0: I, I'm not i not concerned so. at all. Yeah.
1: And help I would say, along with you, that health is probably the biggest. You know, we saw Christian Barmore go down on Sunday. Lawrence Um, Guy's
0: been out a little bit. Lawrence
1: Guy and then Kyle Duggar's missed a little bit of time. He seems like he's good. He's back. But um, that would be really the only thing.
0: We'll transition out to a little Ryland High School football. And Taylor, you were at the Henrik and LaSalle Mm -hmm. game on Friday night. Um, Thriller. What a game. I was following the tweets. Seriously. It was. um, is there any reason to suspect that we will not see those same two teams playing in the Super Bowl in a month from now?
1: I don't think so. I mean, the only team I can see, I guess, being a little sneaky would be NK because they played both LaSalle and Hendrickson pretty close. I feel like it was like – I think it was like a one-score game for both of those games. Uh, but it's just – it's always Hendrickson and LaSalle. I can't imagine it not being Hendrickson yeah. and LaSalle. Um, and I think it's, you're going to see a rematch. I still think Hendrickson gets the win because – to be completely honest, I feel like LaSalle had their chances on Friday and they couldn't get it done. They couldn't close it out. So I feel like Hendrick and their discipline is just going to win out every time.
2: Sam. Yeah. I mean, you know, I haven't seen, I saw LaSalle play central. Um, they were good, but you know, I I saw Hendrick play against the team from New Hampshire. Uh, and I think it was, yeah, I think that was week one. Mm -hmm. Um, they were down 14 and they exploded to come back and beat them. Um, LaSalle didn't impress me as much as Hendrick did, but like I said, I haven't, you know, I, I wasn't there for, for that game. It was close. They played, they played tough. Mm -hmm. Um, What I will say uh, when Taylor, you mentioned North Kingstown, I I have not seen a quarterback like Eddie Bueller in a long time. That kid has a cannon of an arm. Uh, He knows how to manage the game and the potential that he has to make a run against those teams, he can be he can be the one that that changes a game. He has an unbelievable game against mm-hmm. Lasalle or Hendricken mm-hmm. that could certainly change how things are. I mean, a, a good high school quarterback that can throw the ball
0: like Eddie Buehler, um can certainly change the outcome of a the game. There's no doubt about it. Just touching upon Division Two and Division Three, there were a couple of games last week. They kind of just threw both of those divisions for a loop. Uh, charo going on the road beating undefeated lincoln and then the next day at portsmouth going on the road defeating league unbeaten one socket it just it just feels like every week something has changed with those uh divisions and yeah it's definitely going to be a fight to finish like a couple weeks ago we were talking about x team as the favorite not anymore i think it speaks to maybe the parity that exists in both those divisions yeah to-
1: absolutely other than i mean like we just said those three at the top nk Hendricken, mm-hmm. lasalle it really feels like, you know, those seem like it, that's going to be pretty set. But the rest of it, I mean, in the state, it feels like it really could be anybody. And the prediction you made at the beginning of the year will not be the same. It, it's, it's crazy. And, and like Sam said, we love it. We love to see whether it's the underdog or just a lot of good games where, you know, teams have their moment throughout the season. Different teams like these kids, they work hard, they love the game, and they deserve to you know, have some fun out there and and have any given week be their week.
0: And I mean, one game that I've been looking forward to seeing is Moses Brown taking on West Walk. I think that's going to be battle of the league on beans yeah. could determine who wins that subdivision and who would get home field throughout the semifinals if they happen to advance. But um, I just think there's so much parity that it makes it mm-hmm. a lot of fun every single week yes. that uh, we're thinking, okay, this team is destined for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not so yeah. fast where... Maybe at the beginning there, like St. Rayfield, for example, right. they lost East Providence and now it looks like they've circled the wagons being Cumberland and Mount Pleasant mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. That all of a sudden they're back in the conversation
1: right. where
0: maybe in this Friday is another big game, Middletown versus Lincoln. That could determine who gets home field, at least in the quarterfinals in division two and division three. So it's well lot of exciting football here to go yeah. Even though it's, I think it's only what, two weeks left in the regular season. Yeah. And it's yeah. no fun when it's predictable, right? You get all these
2: teams stepping up in different ways uh, every week there's, there's a game where you're like, huh, wow. Oh, that was a, something that we weren't necessarily yeah. expecting. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. We may be able to predict that Hendrick and LaSalle play each other in that final. But, uh, this, but after that, after that, it's, right. it's, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. It's literally a wild card. That's and what who knows, we
1: say this now, right. And we've seen it every week in other divisions that, mm-hmm. You know, somebody gets knocked off. So we say right now we see Hadrick and LaSalle, but who knows that could change. No, Central's yeah. playing
0: Hendrick on Friday. You know, you never know. Maybe the, yep. the Knights uh they've had that game circled on their schedule for a long time because last year Central almost beat Hendricken at their place. So that's yeah. uh and don't, I think, don't yeah. uh, don't discount uh the knights. Right. Mike Washington, my guy, I always look fresh on the sideline. <laughs> yes, uh so we'll close with a little Celtics talk. Uh, specifically, right. uh Taylor, you were opening night. Yeah um just what was the atmosphere like up there
1: oh man it was loud I mean the fans obviously Boston fans are some of the best in the entire country
0: so
1: yeah you know I uh I grew up between Boston and New York so obviously big rivalry there but yeah Boston fans are unlike any other and I mean the game was great the Celtics came out strong they looked really good Uh, Pulled away at the end of the third quarter. The fans were fired up. They were into it. A lot of tributes uh, for Bill Russell, which was awesome. You know, obviously, an icon in all of basketball, but especially in Boston. And it's exactly what you wanted to see for your two stars, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, making some history. I believe only the third time on opening night, a pair of teammates have both scored 35. So, and they're in some pretty, pretty good company. So, yeah, it was great all around, and obviously great for uh, Joe Missoula out of Rhode Island getting his first win as an NBA head coach. The guys gave him a, a water bath in the locker room, and uh, he just seemed very grateful and and appreciative of the players for buying into you know what he's doing. Obviously, the situation not ideal with the success that Ime Udoka had last season, obviously the guide loved Ime Udoka. Um, uh, but it seems like they're picking up right where they left off and that they really can make a run here when the Eastern conference, again, go back to the finals. I wouldn't doubt it with this team.
2: Yeah. And it gets a good team against the 76ers right. opening night. Um, and it really, it really wasn't close there at the end. I mean, they beat them in every, almost every phase of the game. And mm-hmm. of course it's going to be close for a while. Philly, Philly's good. They got, you know, Embiid, Harris and, um, and others among them. So, in Harden, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, Harden. I mean, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't you d- can't just just count him from that. But yeah, and then you you take on Miami uh, in the second game of the year. Uh, big challenge, but what a night for Joe Missoula. Obviously, a great basketball mind, and, and the guys you could really see. There's a video in the locker room after of him talking to the team, and and every single one of them was locked in on Joe, um, and he clearly has the locker room which is great. And it's
0: awesome for us, uh, for all of us in Rhode Island. Oh, it's small a small state, big heart, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when we look back and maybe top sports stories of the year of yeah. Rhode Island, uh, Joe Missoula taking over the Boston Celtics at uh, yeah. age, what, 34? Yep. That's, that's going to have to rank up there.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. for sure. Especially, I mean, this team looks like they can go to the NBA Finals mm-hmm. possibly, and once you're there, like you can win, you know? Um, So I feel like It could be huge. It could be a huge year for Joe Missoula and the Celtics. So it'll be fun to watch it play out.
0: I think uh, one final thing about uh, Tatum last night, I think he had a dozen rebounds, which Mm -hmm. that's, that was probably the most awesome thing to see just because we know he's capable of offensively, Mm -hmm. but to see him locked in defensively when, Right now, the Celtics don't have Robert Williams as kind of a boy in the middle. They're trying to do a piecemeal with uh, Blake Griffin, who's like 100 years old. (laughs) But um, to see him rebound the ball, you know, dive on the floor for loose balls, I think that was maybe very encouraging to see him going forward because sometimes you wonder, if you're an NBA star, are you kind of allergic to defense?
1: He looked great. I mean, a complete, total complete player. Looks like he really, you know, learned from obviously didn't have his best – uh, the last time out, his best performances, and it feels like he and Jalen Brown both took a huge step forward to start. We'll see if they can kind of carry that on throughout the season. Performances like that, kind of stack them together. But yeah, Jason Tatum looked great.
2: I think it's cool how both of them scored 35. It's like identical. They're like you know, the Jace. the, the right hand man. You yeah. know, it's 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 great, and and having a guy like Tatum that can, if you can pull in 10, 10 rebounds, every not even every game, every other game. I mean, that's just so big to not have to rush Rob back, even though you want Rob back mm-hmm. that takes a little bit off Blake Griffin's plate, takes a little bit off the other big guy's plate. It, it's, it, it makes him more complete and it, it it's awesome. It's great. There's no, there's nothing, yeah. uh, nothing bad about that. It's
1: like Jason got off to a hot start scoring and then he kind of cooled off and, Jalen picked up and, you know, obviously the rest is, is history with what happened throughout the rest of the game, both scoring 35, but yeah, great performance.
0: Great performance. Great to have you both on. We'll have to do this again soon, but uh, sure. in the meantime, thanks everyone to listening and we we will be back with a fresh episode relatively soon until then take care everyone.